Good day, brothers and sisters. I hope that you all have a good day today. Just like to share to you a few announcements before we go to the Word of God. So once again, let me just uh, reiterate to you that all our services are still suspended until further notice. We enjoin you to watch the coverage of our service every 9 o'clock in the morning, every Sunday. Please visit our Facebook page, Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu International Incorporated. Also, we'd like you to check out our website, www.livingword.ph. And then you can also check out our Sunday services in our YouTube channel. Our sermon also can be heard over DYFRFM 98.7 on your dial. This is every Saturday and Sunday at 8 in the evening. And then also we are seen on Sky Cable from Monday to Saturday, once again, 8 o'clock every evening. So once again, you can uh, view us through these channels. My next book, More Than Enough, was scheduled for release this coming April. However, as you very well know, we are on lockdown and so the release will have to be much later. However, we would like to continue offering to you our pre-selling price at 300 pesos. Uh, if you buy this at its regular retail price, it will be at 350 pesos. So you get to save 50 pesos. Now, this book is about learning how to conquer trials and sufferings, and I believe that this is a very timely message that we all need to hear. Oftentimes, when we are in comfort and convenience, uh, we feel that we don't have any need for such materials. But I think right now, it's a very good material to ponder on. Now, kindly text your orders to 0931-037-6944. Also, we have a new Gospel Center Discipleship material entitled Knowing Christ. It's available for only 150 pesos. Kindly text the number on your screen. Now, please do not forget our interactive midweek uh, table talk every Wednesday, which is live at 2 p.m. And then also, this is only for those who are members of Living Word uh, Christian Church. We have some giving channels for you. You can deposit your love offerings to the following banks. You have Banco de Oro. Uh, account name is LWCCCII. Account number is 001-000-608. Zero, zero. And then we also have one in BPI. The account name is Living Word Christian Ministry Cebu Incorporated. Account number is 10210234811. Finally, we also have RCBC. Account name is LWCCCII. Account number is 1452005286. You may also send your love offerings and donation online through our website. Once again, go to www.livingword.ph and click that uh, word give and then click on your giving preferences. So praise the Lord, we're now ready to go to God's word. May I invite each one of you to please rise from your seats as we read together Psalm 34. 
The Psalm of David, when he feigned madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is this man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in one of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evil doers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Shall we bow our heads in prayer at this time? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this Sunday. We thank you, O Lord, because this is your day. This is the day that we should remember you. This is the day, Lord, wherein we try to get back our spiritual bearings. And so, Lord, I pray for myself, O God, that you might equip and empower me for today's service. Lord, that your people might understand what is your will and that they might be empowered as well as they listen to the word of God to obey you and to have faith in you. I pray, O oh God, that the Spirit of God will move mightily and powerfully upon all our hearts, minds, and souls. Lord, I pray for a clarity of thought and clarity of speech. May I deliver your word with power, with conviction, with boldness, O oh God. May you glorify your name in our midst today. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. The title of today's sermon is Overcoming Fright with Fear. The prevailing emotion, I believe, right now in our city, and maybe not just in our city, but in the whole world, is that of fear. One sister, in fact, made a confession that during this particular period, she had an emotional meltdown. She just began to cry out and pour out her heart before the Lord. 
And I believe with the recent developments that have taken place in our city, knowing that we now have more than 160 confirmed COVID-19 cases, all the more is fear apparent in the hearts of many people. That is why I believe the question that is probably running through our minds right now is how do I overcome fear? As I have surveyed Psalm 34, I have discovered one thing, that we overcome our fright with fear. Yes, you heard me right, brothers and sisters. You overcome your fright with fear. Now, chill. I know that some of you are questioning that in your mind. You're probably saying, what? How can, how can we overcome our fears with fright? Well, the fear that I'm talking about, brothers and sisters, is the fear of the Lord. And that is what you and I will be tackling this morning. Now, in this particular passage that we find here, there are four clear divisions that I see in Psalm 34. And they are as follows. Verses 1 to 3 talks about the worship of the Lord. In verses 4 to 6, it talks about God's deliverance from fear. In verses 7 to 22, we find the fear that leads to deliverance. And under that, we find certain commands. Verse 8, you have the command to seek God. Verses 9 to 10, the command to fear the Lord. Verses 11 and 12, the command to listen to God's teaching. Verse 13, the command to restrain the tongue from every evil speech. In verse 14, the command to depart from evil and do good. And then the fourth and final part talks about the blessing of fear, that is the fear of the Lord, and the curse of no fear, that is no fear of the Lord. And so here we find the underlying sub-themes. In verse 15, it talks about God's abiding presence and answered prayer. In verse 16, it talks about God's destruction of evildoers. In verse 17, it talks about God's deliverance from all troubles. In verse 18, it talks about God's nearness and salvation. And then in verses 19 to 20, God's preservation Verse 21 talks about God's punishment. And finally, in verse 22, it talks about God's justification. Allow me to give you a little background in regard to this particular psalm. Once again, this is another example of a wisdom psalm, which is very much similar to that of the book of Proverbs. Now, what we find here is that we need to take a look at a caveat or certain limitations in regard to this psalm because this psalm is not giving you sure promises but rather what it is giving to you are general principles which if you apply in your own life can actually produce the favorable results that we find in this passage so once again there are many things that we can glean from this particular passage and we're able to draw comfort in this particular psalm Allow me to read to you the worship of the Lord in verses 1 to 3. And here David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What we discover here, dear brothers and sisters, are bursts of praise and worship. And what is particularly interesting for me is that David was going through difficulty at this time. He was going through great adversity during this time. And yet in spite of the adversity that he was going through, he was still praising and worshiping God. He was still glorifying God with all of his might. And this teaches us a very powerful lesson that we do not simply bless and praise the Lord during times of blessing. We need to praise and worship God even during times of adversity. I think it is without argument that you and I are going through probably the most difficult adversity that we are facing as a nation, as a city, and as a province. And the question I would like to propound to you is, are you still worshiping the Lord? Are you still praising the Lord? May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that there is so much that we need to praise and thank God for in spite of this trial. Because God's presence is still with us. The joy that He gives to us is something that cannot be stolen from us. The peace that surpasses all understanding cannot be stolen from us. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ cannot be stolen from us. The salvation that we have, if it is genuine, cannot be stolen from us. There are so many blessings that we can thank the Lord for. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That in itself is reason for us to bless and worship the Lord. The fact that He has chosen us, the fact that He has elected us, the fact that He has drawn us near to Himself is enough reason to praise and thank Him at this time. So friends, let me tell you, let us not focus merely on the adversity. Let us not even worship the problems that we are facing right now. But rather, let us worship the Lord. Let there be exuberant worship. Let there be praise in our very own homes. Let there be hallelujahs and praise the Lord's in our own homes. Let it be heard loud and clear. Because our God is listening and he is delighted when he sees us praising and worshiping him. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. That means every occasion should be reason for us to praise and worship the Lord. It says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Then he says, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. Now, most definitely, whatever deliverance you and I will have at this particular time, our boast will be in the Lord. Why? Because our reliance is on Him right now. With whom shall we rely on right now? Institutions are failing. Not only here in our own country, but all over the world. Government institutions in in Italy and in Spain and in the United States of America are grappling with this problem. Everybody has been taken by surprise. 
So if ever there is going to be any deliverance, if ever there is going to be vaccine that is going to be discovered, let it be that God's name be glorified because He is the one who provides the wisdom. He is the one who provides the resources. Let us exalt and make our boast in the Lord and in the Lord alone. And isn't that true amongst us Christians? Isn't the Lord our great provider? Isn't our Lord our great healer? Isn't our Lord the great miracle worker? Friends, when everything is said and done, when this pandemic crisis is over, let it be that our boast is in the Lord. Let it be that our boast is not in our health, not in our strength, not in our wisdom, but in God alone. And David in this particular psalm invites all the rest. In verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And I invite you as well, brothers and sisters, wherever you are at home, you may be feeling tired. You may be feeling weary. You might be feeling exhausted. You might be feeling depressed. You want to be in the house of the Lord. You want to be with God's people. And yet you are in the comfort of your own home and it hasn't been comfortable at all for you. Probably you're bored at this time. And probably you're wondering, when is God going to come and deliver us? Friends, fret not. Let us wait upon the Lord. And instead of complaining and grumbling, instead of becoming depressed, let us magnify and exalt the Lord. Let us worship the Lord. Let us release ourselves in the worship of God. He is honored by that. And in His presence, my dear brothers and sisters, is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. These are things that you and I can experience even in the most difficult of times. If you recall the Lord Jesus Christ, when He was in the boat, He was sleeping. And there was a mighty storm that, that took place upon the Sea of Galilee at that time. And they, the disciples tried to wake up the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were saying, do you not care that, that we are perishing? And yet the Lord in His might and His power calmed and stilled the storm. And friends, I know there is so much turbulence in our hearts. There is so much anxiety. Maybe some of you are experiencing some panic attacks. Let God, let the Son of God still the turbulence in your heart. And let this now be an occasion for you to delight in the Lord, to focus on the Lord. Because after all, even if everything is removed from us, even if everything is taken away from us, we still have the Lord and the Lord is our everything. He is our portion and He is our cup. So rejoice and bless the Lord, my dear brothers and sisters. Now in the next section in verses 4 to 6, I would like to talk about God's deliverance from fear and the background here. And I would like to read to you the title because the title makes us appreciate what David was saying all along in this particular psalm because this tells you the life situation that he was in. 
And so the title reads, A Psalm of David when he feigned madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. This was the time when David was running away from King Saul and he was traveling from one place to another, going from cave to cave until finally he felt it was no longer safe for him to remain in the land of promise, in the land of Canaan. So he makes a big risk and enters Philistine territory. You remember the Philistines, of course. They were enemies of the nation of Israel. And upon entry into the land of the Philistines, he meets Akish. Akish in the psalm is known as Abimelech. Abimelech, however, is not a proper name. It is actually a title very much similar to Pharaoh. So when David met with Akish, he was very much afraid. And I find this rather intriguing. Why? Because this David was the one who was able to destroy the nine foot nine Philistine giant, Goliath. And yet here, he was very much afraid. And that tells you that maybe this running away from Saul had taken an emotional toll in his own heart. And he was probably having a great panic attack at this time. And yet, in his own human wisdom, he decided that he would feign madness. He would pretend to be an insane person. And thankfully, he was able to escape from the hands of Akish. Now, as we read verses 4 to 6, we find here the content of what was going through his heart at this time. Verse 4 reads, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. I'd like to highlight that particular passage. He was delivered from all His fears. Verse 5 reads, They looked to Him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Now notice here, the deliverance here is from all my fears, which is very comforting. It was not just a single fear that was causing great trouble in his heart. The Bible is saying here that he had many fears. It is in plural form. And perhaps that is what you and I are afraid of at this time. We're afraid for the future of our children. Maybe we're afraid of the stability of our own jobs. Maybe we are afraid of our own businesses if it will fail or if we will go into bankruptcy. Maybe you're even afraid of your own health. Maybe there, there are so many things that are creating so much fear and you're, you're fearful also for your own relatives. You're fearful that in this pandemic crisis, they might not receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And this crisis might overtake them. I'm sure there are a lot of fears that are overtaking us right now. But please take comfort in the fact that God is able to deliver us from all our fears. So what do we do, brothers and sisters, in the midst of the fear that we have? Because fear is everywhere. It is on Twitter. It is on Facebook. It is on Instagram. It is on TV news. It is on radio news. What do we do? 
when we are bombarded by all these voices, voices that create fear in our minds, in our hearts, what do we do at this time? Well, let me submit to you that we need to do what the psalmist tells us in verse 5. It says, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that this is the time to look to Jesus Christ. This is the time to fix our gaze on Him. Look not on the waves and the storms. Look not on the troubles that face us. Look not on the adversity that you and I are challenged with. Look not at the threats on your life, but rather look to God at this time. Fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. He is mindful of us. He knows exactly what you and I are going through. He knows our fears. He knows our pains. He knows everything about us. So let us fix our eyes on Him. And as we do that, the Bible says our faces will be radiant. God will remove the sad countenance that is seen on our faces and it will be replaced with a glow, a glow that is able to see God in all His majesty, in all His glory, in all His splendor in the midst of this dark backdrop. We will be able to see that because though our God is invisible, He is a God who manifests Himself to us. He is a God who gives us His presence and His joy. And that is something that you and I, believers in Christ, can rejoice in. What an inheritance. What a joy. What a blessing to have God with us. Can you just imagine life without the Lord at this time? Can you imagine life without Jesus Christ at this time? Can you imagine life without any, anything to hang on to? But now we can cling on to His Word. We can stand on His Word. We can hold fast to our Lord. And we know that our God holds us dearly because He is a God who never leaves nor abandons His people. In fact, the Bible gives us a word of comfort that though we are unfaithful, our God remains faithful to us. And that is what we have seen in the history of Israel. God has never abandoned His people even though Christ was rejected. The book of Romans makes it clear to us that God still has a plan for the nation of Israel. God's unconditional covenant with Abraham remains and it stands. And we know, dear brothers and sisters, that our God walks with us. Bible says here in verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Aren't we all poor at this time? Can we not somehow apprehend the truth of the fact that you and I are spiritually, physically, maybe even materially bankrupt at this time? That was how David felt. He felt like a poor man. Indeed, he was a poor man. He had nothing to rely on. And that is why it says here, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. The Lord will hear our cries. The Lord will hear our prayers. 
This is a time for us to come before the Lord and cry out to Him. And the Bible declares here in verse 6, And saved Him out of all His troubles. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that God will remove us out of all our troubles, maybe not externally. He may not remove this pandemic crisis anytime soon. He may not remove this coronavirus anytime soon. It may remain for a number of months. Some people are even saying it might even remain for a number of years. But take heart, dear brothers and sisters. Take courage. Have the fortitude in God because God will supply us the strength and this is where I draw strength from Philippians chapter 4 when Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me it is during these times that we rely on God that he release, he releases the power from our inner man and we're able to draw strength as the Holy Spirit provides us these things. And so friends, let's take comfort in that. This poor man cried and delivered him from all his troubles. Now in verses 7 to 22, we're going to talk about the fear. And again, the fear here, the context is the fear of the Lord that leads to deliverance. That is found in verses 7 to 22. Now how do we know that the fear of the Lord is the dominant theme of this particular psalm. Well, if you take a look at the whole psalm, you will find out that four times the fear of the Lord is mentioned. You find this mentioned in verse 7. You find this mentioned in verse 9 twice. And then you find it also mentioned in verse 11. It is the fear of the Lord that is being talked about here. Now, the fear of the Lord is not just about reverential fear. That's part of it. But basically, in the Hebrew mind, when they speak about the fear of the Lord, they were talking about this covenant relationship with the Lord. And at this point in time, those of you who are viewing me right now, I'd like you to ask yourself, do I have this genuine relationship with the Lord? Because if you want to be delivered from the fears that you have, then of necessity, you need to have the fear of the Lord. You need to have this covenant relationship with Him. And that only takes place if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, making Him your personal Lord and Savior. Now, it says here, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them once again the angel of the lord encamps around those who fear him now the angel of the lord actually appears in several places in the old testament and many many bible scholars are agreed that this is actually a christophany an appearance of the lord jesus christ in the old testament bible scholars are led to believe that every manifestation every physical manifestation of the Old Testament by God is actually a manifestation of Jesus Christ. Anyway, having said that, it says that he encamps around those who fear him. And this is a word of comfort that is brought before us. God encamps, Jesus Christ encamps around those who fear him. 
So if I may share a limping illustration, it is just as if as God is living in a caravan. A caravan is a mobile home, and wherever we go, the caravan goes with us. Wherever we go, the, the mobile home goes with us. And isn't that the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ to the church? Lo, I am with you until the end of this age. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, when you and I fear the Lord, we will know that we fear the Lord because we follow certain commands. And in this particular section, verses 7 to 22, we find a series of commands given by the Lord. And this is something that we need to imbibe as well in our own lives and in our own hearts. First command is found in verse 8, the command to seek God. It says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. We are commanded to seek and encounter God's goodness. There is blessing in doing so. For example, if I, I told you that an orange is sweet, how would you know if it is truly sweet? Well, the only way to find out if an orange is sweet is if you tasted it. And here is a command by God telling us to taste and see that the Lord is good. God is not insecure. God is not afraid with this particular command that He gives to us. He is challenging you, in fact, to taste and see whether He is good. And definitely, when we taste Him, when we taste Him, He definitely is good. And so this is the first command given to us by the Lord. And again, I challenge you, brothers and sisters, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now here's the second command given to us by the Lord in verses 9 and 10. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. The Bible says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. We are being commanded to fear the Lord, to have this reverential fear of God. And unfortunately, in the 21st century church, I feel that this is something that is greatly lacking in the 21st century church. God has just become a surplus in our lives. God has simply become an add-on to our lives. We only remember God and fear God probably on Sunday. But from Monday to Saturday, oftentimes we forget this Lord, God Almighty. And friends, here is a commandment for us to revere Him. And here we are given the general, the, the general assurance rather of God's provisions. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. For those who fear Him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Once again, here we find a general assurance that God will provide for His children. And that is why we need to trust Him. We need to fear Him. And again, the question I would like to ask you is, do you fear the Lord? Because when you fear the Lord, definitely you will hate sin. 
But if you do not hate sin, brothers and sisters, let me submit to you that you do not fear God. And one thing that needs to happen right now is the fear of the Lord. Now here we find a third command given to us in verses 11 to 12. This is a command to listen to God's teaching. Notice what David says here. Come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? We are commanded to listen to this teaching that David was propounding before the people. Why? That it might produce this reverential fear. Once again, if there is going to be that fear of the Lord in our hearts, it is because we meditate on the Word of God. It is because we study the Word of God. It is because we take seriously God at His Word. And that when we are reading the Scriptures, we're not simply scanning the pages of the Bible. We're not simply skimming through what the Bible tells us. But we are meditating on it, taking it seriously, not taking it casually, not taking it lightly. And then there is that intention and motivation in our hearts to obey God, to follow what the Scriptures say. That is what the fear of the Lord is all about. We are given the general assurance here of long life. Now again, let me remind you, this is a general assurance. This is not a promise that is cast in stone. But then again, friends, our lives after all are in the hands of God. Would it not be safe on our part to put ourselves in the very hands of God, to be at the very center of His will? And most definitely at this point in time, we have to be at the center of God's will. I was listening to one preacher and he was saddened by the fact that during this COVID-19 crisis, this man decided to leave his wife and to pursue an extramarital affair. And this preacher said, are you going to do that at this time? During this COVID-19 crisis, are you going to leave your wife? It is very sad that some people do not fear the Lord. And we put our lives at risk when we do that. Now in verse 13, we find another command. The command is to restrain the tongue from evil speech. Verse 13 reads, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Let us run away from, from evil speech. And what is evil speech? This includes gossip. This includes slander. This includes lying, cursing, all kinds of abusive language. We need to stop this, brothers and sisters. Do you not know that the Bible says that God will judge every idle word that comes out of our mouth? And yet we have been loose with our speech. We have not been very careful with our speech. It doesn't matter to us when we're gossiping against somebody or slandering somebody. It doesn't matter to us when we are destroying some people's reputations. This has got to stop, church. This has got to stop because God is not pleased with this language. God desires purity coming out of our mouths. 
Listen, the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And what does that mean? It means God has given us a new mind. It means God has given us new eyes. It means God has given us new ears. It means God has given us a new heart. And God has given us a new mouth. Every part of our being has been born again. Every part of our being is a new creation of God. And therefore, let us conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of our own calling. Let us behave as Christians behave. Isn't it true that the goal of God for us is that we might become Christ-like? So let us become like Christ, not only in actions, but also in thoughts, intentions, and in words as well. Let Christ be reflected most especially at this time. And that is why I would like to submit to you that, that even as we use Facebook, even as we use Twitter and Instagram, let it be that what comes out of it is pure speech. Let intrigues be removed. Let slander be removed. Let unnecessary criticism be removed. Let us show ourselves a new creation of God. In verse 14, we are given another command, the last command in this section, the command to depart from evil and do good. The Bible says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We are commanded to depart from evil. And may I suggest to you, we are to depart from evil as if we are departing, running away from this coronavirus. Isn't that what is happening right now? We are departing. We, we, we leave places wherein we feel that there is a contamination, there is an infection in that place. We would rather move away from that place. Why? Because we are afraid of being contaminated. May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that is the kind of heart we are to have. We should, we should desire not to be contaminated by this sin, by this pandemic of sin and death in our lives. Let us drive away from places that contaminate our spirit. May it be, may it be brothers and sisters, that you are not fiddling with God right now. May it be that you are not fiddling with pornography at this time. May it be that you are not fiddling with the devil at this time. Oh dear brothers and sisters, depart from evil and do good, the Bible says. And let me tell you this, that when you do good, you will have very, very little time for doing evil. And so again, friends, let us depart from evil and do good. Finally, let's talk about the blessing of fear and the curse of no fear. The blessing of the fear of the Lord and the curse of not having the fear of the Lord. Now in this particular section, what you will find is contrasts. Contrasts between the lives of those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. There is actually a dividing line that splits up the two. Let it be that you are on the side of the righteous. Let it be that you are not with the side of the unrighteous. 
For God is mindful of those who are righteous. God is mindful of those who have a genuine relationship with Him. And what we see here in verse 15 is that if we fear the Lord, we have God's abiding presence and answered prayer. Verse 15 reads, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. His eyes are upon us. He sees us. He knows everything about us. Our pain, our fears, our anxieties, the things that trouble us. God knows everything. His eyes are upon us. And it says here, His ears are open to their cry. Let me remind you of what the book of James says. You receive not because you ask not. Jesus was even surprised with his disciples that they were not asking anything from him. And then he challenges them and he says, ask that your joy might be full. This is the time for prayer. This is the time for asking God. The Bible says his ears are open to our cry. He is not stuffing his ears that he may not hear us. My dear brothers and sisters, our God is not deaf. He hears all of our prayers and all of our cries. In contrast, in verse 16, we find God's destruction of evil doers. It says in verse 16, the face of the Lord is against evil doers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Notice here, the Bible says the face of the Lord is against evildoers. Would you like God to be your enemy? Would you like God to be your adversary? But that is what happens when you live your life in unrighteousness. God will be against you. He will cut off the memory of evil people from the earth. That is what the Bible says here. Again, in contrast, however, when he talks about the righteous in verse 17, we find God's deliverance from all troubles. Verse 17 reads, The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Once again, not just some, but all their troubles. This was reflected in, in the writings of Paul. He talked about God delivering him out of all his afflictions, out of all his troubles. And we know that to be true. We know that to be a general assurance for as long as we are walking with God. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that, again, God will remove COVID-19 straight away. And that is something that we are all hoping for. We want this virus to, to be gone and to depart at the soonest possible time. But God is sovereign. God is accomplishing His purposes. And we need to submit ourselves to Him. And as we submit ourselves to Him, He will give us good character. He will give us perseverance. He will sustain our soul. He will refresh us. He will reinvigorate us. He will renew us. And he will build us up. That is what we are assured of. In the midst of COVID-19, our light will shine. And that is what you and I can expect for as long as we are walking together with God. In verse 18, it talks about God's nearness 
and salvation. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Two phrases here which I think are very important. Brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. What, what does this speak of? This speaks about absolute dependence on the Lord. May I ask you, are, are you depending on the Lord at this time? I think one of the things that COVID-19 has done for us if we, is we have now lost our dependence on practically almost everything. We're no longer depending on our own businesses. We're no longer depending on our own jobs. We're no longer depending on our own companies, our own corporations. We're no longer depending on our own resources. We are right now depending on God. And this is what God wants. God wants absolute and total dependence because after all, God did not create us to be independent of Him. He created us to be dependent on Him. And this is what needs to happen. Rely on the Lord. Depend on Him. Focus on Him. Fix your eyes on Him. That is what needs to happen in this time, brothers and sisters. There is no dilly-dallying. There is no procrastination that needs to happen. Run to God as quickly as you can, brothers and sisters. Turn to Him and depend on Him at all times. And in verses 19 to 20, we are told of God's preservation. Let me read to you verses 19 and 20. It says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Did you notice that, brothers and sisters? It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. What it is saying is that afflictions come from every point of the compass of our lives. That is why I'm really wondering... When preachers say that when you are a Christian, you are not supposed to suffer. Now here we're talking about those who are righteous. We're talking about those who have a genuine relationship with the Lord. And yet the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hear it out, brothers and sisters. Don't live your life as if you are in a fantasy. Remove yourself from that fantasy world. Live in this real world. And in this real world, it is cursed by God. Beginning from the time of Adam and Eve when they sinned against God, this world that you and I are living in are cursed. And that is the reason why everything is in chaos. That's the reason for the calamities. That is the reason for the wars. That is the reason for, for the pestilence that is taking place. That is the reason for, for typhoons. That is the reason for famine and hunger. Let us not remove ourselves from the reality of this world. Most especially here in the Philippines. You and I know what afflictions are all about. You and I know what trouble is all about. Now isn't COVID-19 trouble? Let us not be in denial. It is trouble. The sooner you and I arrive at the truth that God presents, the better it is for us. Some people 
are unable to survive this situation. They're having an emotional meltdown. Why? Because many pastors have not prepared them for situations like this. And that is why may I humbly ask my fellow preachers, prepare your people for times like this. Talk to them about suffering. Talk to them about persecution. Talk, talk to them about trials and storms because that is what will help them in times like these. And this will not be the last, I believe. There will be more coming on the way. The pandemic crisis is only the beginning. Next, next up would be global recession. Next up would be unemployment. Next up would be bankruptcy by, by many corporations. Next up would be hunger. Please tell your people about these realities. They need to hear it. That they might be prepared. That they might know exactly what to do in situations like this. But take heart, my dear brothers and sisters. Because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That is a comfort to us. The Bible says he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Do you know that when a lamb, a year old lamb or a, week, a few weeks old lamb is presented in the temple, the offerer needed to make sure that no, bro no bones were broken. That is the kind of care that the shepherd would have or the, the author would have upon that lamb. And that is the kind of care that we have that is given to us by the shepherd. It says here, he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. And friends, if there's definitely one thing that you and I know, God will not allow us to have a broken, crushed spirit for all time. He will lift up ourselves. He will lift up our heads. In fact, that is one beautiful expression that I find in the scriptures. When the Bible says, lift up your heads, the picture here is, is of a sovereign one looking down upon one of his subjects, probably with a bowed head, probably with fear, probably embarrassed. But when the sovereign wants to encourage that subject of his, what he does is he reaches out with his hand and he takes the man by the chin and lifts up his head. And friends, that is what God can do for us at this situation. He can lift up our heads and encourage us and build us up. In contrast, once again, in verse 21, we are told God's punishment upon those who are unrighteous, those who are evil, Verse 21 reads, evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Friends, whatever is happening right now in the world is really a warning. Most especially for people who do not know the Lord. The things that, the calamities that are taking place all over the world, they are merely a foretaste of the greatest punishment and the greatest calamity that can take place in your heart. We're talking about hell. Hell is a real place. 
and everything that is happening right now, all the fears and all the torment and all the tortures we are experiencing is but a foretaste, it is but a sneak preview of things to come. These are warnings given to us by God. That if we do not turn away from our wicked ways, eventually we will be doomed and condemned to hell. But the faith of those who are righteous, the faith of those who fear the Lord is different. And I love verse 22. I believe this is, this is the climax of, of this particular passage, at least for me. I'd like to read to you God's justification in verse 22. It says, The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Now, the key word here is the word redeems. The idea here is that God pays whatever price is demanded or whatever price is needed by us. And of course, this is true for us physically. This is true materially. This is true for us even, most especially spiritually. God redeems our soul. And it says here, none of those who take refuge in Him will be condemned. Would you like to be redeemed by the Lord? Would you like to be with a company of those who are righteous, who take refuge in God? The Bible says they will not be condemned. And so those of you who are listening to me right now, once again, I appeal to you. If you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, now is the time. Everything that is happening right now is a wake-up call to you. He is awakening you from your spiritual slumber. And He's telling you that you need Him in your life. Not only to deliver you from the pandemic crisis, He wants to deliver you from hell. He wants to deliver you from your sinful self. He wants to deliver you from your bondages. And the way that happens is if you surrender your life to Him. If you bow your knee and you close your eyes and you say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says He will in no way cast out those who draw near to Him. I invite you to draw near to Him. I invite you to ask Him into your life. Do not rely on your good works. Your good works will never save you. Your good works will not put you on a right standing with God. The only thing that will cause you to be justified in the presence of the Lord for your soul to be redeemed is for you to rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yes, you heard me, the finished work of Jesus Christ. The problem with many of us, most especially in our country, is that they're trying to complete a finished work. It's finished. The Lord Jesus Christ said at the cross, it is finished. The Greek word used there is tetelestai. It is finished. The business transaction is done. It's a done deal. Meaning to say it was a cry of victory. Christ was saying, I have paid it all. I have paid for your sins. Do not try to complete a finished work. It is done. The book of Hebrews also says that 
with one sacrifice, Jesus was able to give a perfect offering, a perfect sacrifice, which was pleasing to the Father. And wrath is going to be removed from us. We will no longer be condemned if we accept the sacrifice of Christ in our hearts. And if you think, well, I have no hope. I'm such an evil man. I'm such an evil sinner. I've messed up really bad. Here's a promise for you from the book of Isaiah. Though your sins be as scarlet, Christ will wash them white as snow. One of the things we discovered when we went to Israel is that scarlet is a permanent dye. It is actually taken at the bottom of the sea, taken from pearls. And this is a kind of color that will not fade. And perhaps that is how you feel about your sin. You feel that there is nothing that can cause your sin to fade away. Well, here's the promise of the Bible. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be washed white as snow. So if I were you, I would turn to Christ right now. And let it be known that if you turn to Christ, he will give you everlasting life. Your name shall be written in the book of life. So to the question, how do I overcome worldly fear? The answer to fright is fear. The fear of the Lord. May you have this covenant relationship with God. May you have this reverential fear of God. And when that happens, just like David, you will be able to confess, God has delivered me from all my fears. Praise be to God. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you, Lord, for this blessed time you've given us, O God, to be encouraged once again from one of the Psalms. And Lord, this is a gift to your people at this time. And we pray, Lord, that the word will continue unabated, that it will continue to penetrate even the hardest of hearts, that Jesus Christ might be honored and glorified. Holy Spirit, do your work Bring about a spiritual awakening in our day and our age, not only in our country, but with the rest of the world, O oh God. Let your word be proclaimed mightily and powerfully. Glorify your name, Jesus. We thank you, O oh Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the brothers and sisters who continually support your work. May you bless them continually, provide for their needs as well. And Lord, whatever has been achieved today. We give you back all the glory, all the praises and thanks. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord for this wonderful Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning. And we just want to bless God and praise God. Again, let me encourage you, those of you who have watched this video, could you please like this and share this? Could you please... Um, broadcast this on your on the Facebook wall that you have please send this in your messenger send this through Viber tag as many people as possible 
Now is the time for the word of God to be heard. And all you need to do is with the flick of your finger, with the push of a button, you can actually send this message across all over the world. And we want that to happen. We want the message of God to spread all over the world. Let it spread, brothers and sisters. People need to hear the word of God. They're looking for hope. And right at this time, this is one of the best things you can do aside from prayer. So once again, God bless you. My wife once again says hi to you. God bless. And see you once again this coming Wednesday. Table talk, 2 o'clock Wednesday. And then also next Sunday, 9 o'clock in the morning. God bless you. Bye. Stay safe.